Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity, and coach clients with confidence. We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work, and that with the right structure, support, and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So how do you learn, qualify, and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching. Planning Imposter Syndrome, Season 10, Episode 7. We are not planning Imposter Syndrome. (laughs) We are going to talk about planning and Imposter Syndrome. Nice. Not planning to have Imposter Syndrome. No one wants to plan to have Imposter Syndrome (laughs) at all. And this is probably relevant to you if you're either training to be a fit pro or if you're already qualified as a fit pro or maybe been a fit pro for absolutely years. But still feel it. Yeah, completely. Uh, for you know, we want to advance your planning today, so mm. a bit more confidence and knowledge in your planning skills, which in turn will get you more clients. And we're going to give you a karmic loop of why most of the vast majority of fit pros that we speak to work in the opposite direction to this karmic loop. Yeah, and then don't progress their confidence. It's a bit, bit don't of ever a break out bit of, of a uh, Jack Sparrow moment it there, is, wasn't it? Isn't it? In and out of different loops. Yeah, exactly. Completely. But we, yeah, hopefully that will entice you to keep listening, <laughs> so we can unravel this and uh, make you or help you get more confident and knowledge in your planning but ditch imposter syndrome. So we're going to first of all explore what imposter syndrome is. And I believe, before we even go into what this is, I believe this affects way more people than you probably would imagine. I'm going to put my hand up and say I get imposter Mm. syndrome uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. I think we could... I don't like the term imposter syndrome, personally. And there's lots of gurus out there that say imposter syndrome doesn't exist and whatnot, and loads of people that say it does exist. But if we look at the raw definition, it's this feeling or doubting our abilities. And so I'm allowed to doubt my own abilities. And so are you. That's okay. And if it comes with a title of imposter syndrome then so be it. So do you not like the binariness of that, like, imposter syndrome being a bad thing? Well, I think... Seen as, like, this syndrome of bad... Well, I think it's become overused, where you go, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. Yeah. And somebody says, oh, imposter syndrome doesn't exist. And then you read something else, and it says that it does exist. This is the like, labelling of... It's just... Maybe it is the label. I just don't... I think if, if you doubt your abilities, then yeah. that's an emotion at that moment in time, yes. and that's okay. And uh, if we want yeah. to give it... Um, like if I went on a roller coaster, I could feel scared. Mm. And the category of that is I'm on a fairground ride. Yeah. So if I doubt my abilities, that's the emotion I have. And the fairground ride is imposter syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So it's the 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 feeling that happens in a moment. Yes. Yeah. It's completely. Not a label for life. No. Nice. And it and it comes and goes. So I <clears> could <throat> I could doubt my abilities in I don't know one one task. Yeah. For example. Um, cooking Mm. but then a second later I go and make a cup of tea and I don't have imposter syndrome because you now know how to do it because I now know how to do it especially when someone turns around and says that cup of tea was lovely exactly so do I make a good cup of tea you do make a lovely (laughs) cup of tea Um, (laughs) I think it's because I put two tea bags in yeah I double bag the tea yeah, lots of, <laughs> lots of tea. <laughs> lots of tea bags. But there's nothing rude about that. No, there isn't. <laughs> um, so, um, you were saying it's about self-doubt. So yes. Doubting one's ability. Yeah, I think, you know, like in, in like layman's terms, it's like feeling like a phony. Mm, that you've, a fraud. You've, a fraud. That you've got this skill set. 
you're qualified and you've been checked off as feeling as being competent but for some unknown reason your brain doesn't believe that yeah. to be true and with a fit pro that would be basically you saying to a client yes i can get you a result but deep down feeling like you couldn't yes that's that fraud isn't it I can get you a result and I'm going to put that out there, but actually I don't know how I'm going to get there and I don't think I'm actually going to get you a result. I think... It feels fraudulent. I'm going to put like a, a massive like spanner in our plan. In our, oh, in our, okay. We have got a plan here. We can hear it. <laughs> I think imposter syndrome or this feelings of fraud or feeling like a phony, the one, one of the true antidotes that I found is just practice. Mm, nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if I felt like, like I don't know, like feeling like a phony, like I couldn't cook. But if I practiced lots of cooking and I mm. cooked every meal, yep. I would slowly, slowly catch your monkey, get better. Yes. And therefore, over time, I wouldn't feel like a fraud. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think it was like two podcasts ago, somebody uh, messaged in and said like, how do I uh, get better at remembering tight and weak muscles? Yeah. Well, if you feel... I suppose a bit like a phony of like, I don't know enough about the human body. I don't know enough about muscles. I don't know enough about origins and insertions. It's because I would say that's a clear sign that we've not practiced enough. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like absolutely. we can see it like a traffic light system. You could say that if I feel okay, I've got a green light. Yeah. And through a green light, the actions that come of gaining that green light is practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And when I feel like a phony, I feel like a fraud. It's a red light. Yeah, and if you're somewhere between the two, it's kind of amber. It's kind of amber. <laughs> yeah. But the, 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 the red light turning on is a clear sign mm. to you that, not you personally, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. it's a clear sign to one that we haven't done enough practice. Yeah. And so yeah. if you feel that red light come on, then, then, clear, then it could be a clear sign. Actually, the thing I'm feeling like a phony in, have I done enough work towards it? Yeah, have I taken the action? Have I taken an action to prove a result to be able to get to the go green forward? light? Yeah, exactly. have I just hijacked the plan? You, you have hijacked the plan, but it's okay. It's a nice little summary before we move forward. Yeah, completely. Um, I've given everybody the epiphany. So if you wanted to switch off now, you could. No. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Um, so... I make a good cup of tea. Stay with us. <laughs> so we're saying that imposter syndrome is that feeling of doubt, fraud. Um, also, there's often traits of perfectionism inside imposter syndrome, which is quite interesting, I always find, because to me, imposter syndrome is about, oh God, I don't believe I could do it. But mm. perfectionist, I always think, has already been able to do it to a good standard. They just really want it to be a better standard. Well, it's accepting only 100%. Yeah, and I find that really interesting. And this is where imposter syndrome, I think, could yeah, it's a really nice I, I, overview or definition of it because if it was 99%, it wouldn't be per perfect. Mm. And now that's when you think, well, if it's 99%, then who am I to do this? Yeah. Why would someone listen to me? Why, Why would, would someone some... train with me? If it was 99% done. Mm. Completely. Nice. I find that I find this really interesting because I am not a perfectionist. No. Um... <laughs> I'm laughing <laughs> for so many reasons. I'm not going to go into them. But I'm not a perfectionist. No. Um, which is a good, I... which is yeah. not a good or a bad thing. No. And, um, and that has its downfalls too. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not. So I don't have that idea. I'm like, oh, well, it's done. It's fine. I'll, it's done now. Whereas well, it... actually I've seen this in you. Neil. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Uh, and Neil's approach to okay, things Okay, Neil Day. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a bad thing at no. all. Because that, like, and I've seen the traits of those that have more perfectionism traits also have a lot of doubt in the quality of the things they're doing and the worries that it won't be 
perfect or yes. it won't be the best they could do. No, completely. I think that's also it. It's the best you could do. Could I do it better? Is it going to be good enough? Well, I think from like, I, I've got a feeling, I've actually got goosebumps thinking about it. Like, if I like, I was doing something on the website yesterday. We're, we're updating the entire server. So we're the next kind of two to four weeks we should be on a complete new membership system it's gonna look wicked it's gonna be perfect (laughs) (laughs) but in doing so like as i've gone through and i've made lots of updates and changes to the new site my 100 percent uh i said imagine like somebody like in the olympics where they do what's the what's the event where they run with a big pole and the high jump no, the pole vault. The pole vault. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, the pole vault. Imagine that, that when they jump over, they, they score 100%. Yeah. But then they want to go one better. Yeah. And so they go, instead of doing five metres off the ground, they go five metres and one centimetre. So the mm. five metres and one centimetre is the new 100%. Mm. And what I've found That's through nice. life nice. is that every time I do something, I raise the bar mm. marginally. And that becomes the new 100%. And the capacity has to increase for that. And But then I go yeah. back and I look at other things that I've done in, say, the days gone previous, days gone by, and I'm like, well, that could be better now because I've raised the bar since doing that. And you've now got a new 100%. And I've now got a new 100%. Oh, and that's so, great. And so it ends up in this, like, real... I don't know, it just feels... Continual progression. Well, it's continual it? progression, but it, it. I think, for misdefinition, it... It almost hurts not to go back and do the other stuff. Uh, because that's substandard. That's substandard. And maybe a reflection of a, a lower standard of you earlier. Yes, but I had to do that lower standard because that was my 100% on that day in order to get to today's 100%. Oh, I love it, But the, the problem I find now is letting go mm. of the other days and go do you know what that was the best I could do with what I had available to my brain on that day and that's forward. okay and that, and now we move forward and I, if it's something like really nagging me I might go back or I'll make a note of it to go back in the future mm. it sounds like a whole um, yeah like, that's the future back to the future imposter syndrome perfectionist oh it's great this like, is good I think yeah. this is going to really help people <laughs> and that's my that's my day I'll be honest yeah and that's, actually Imposter syndrome disproportionately affects high achievers. Well, I wouldn't say means, I was a high achiever. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, isn't that maybe. not just that comment right there is a little bit of imposter syndrome? I wouldn't class myself as a high achiever. Maybe. So, but in saying that it disproportionately ach- uh, affects high achievers or those that value high achievements in their family bring up. So the thing of like the first medal, the gold medal is the only thing that matters. That is yep. the perfectionist trait. And also, if you're used to, like, actually at that point, that's all that matters, then what? anything below that wouldn't matter. The biggest problem I, I find, and that when I speak to learners, and I hope we're speaking to myself now, about... This is probably going to be more of a revelationary podcast yeah. for me than anyone. Epiphanies. Epiphanies. Is the, the, the time frame it takes to get stuff done. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, like, today I know that I could raise the bar by one centimetre. But then I might go back and do other stuff. And so the overall project could end up being delayed. Yes. And that's what I've come to terms with quite a lot over the last, I would say, number of years since we did some work with Tony Robbins and we went to his events and we've had other coaches. They've helped get past 
that that baggage, I suppose, bring going back to the baggage. Yeah, and, and it can make the journey very long, else. It can, and it, well, it, it it could in time mean that it doesn't actually come to fruition, mm. which is a nice segue. We've not used the word segue in our yeah. podcast for ages. Um, we used to, for those of you that are joining us, we used to always try and get the word segue, and we had some other words we used yeah, to squeeze in, and we used to like challenge ourselves if we could get certain words in. So, in in the show notes, you can actually message us on yeah. on Anchor. Yeah. Okay. And if you want us to squeeze a word in, <laughs> any random word into a future podcast, uh, send us, let us know what your word could be. Yeah, and we'll have a challenge. J- just for a bit of banter, we'll have a challenge. Who can get the word in first or how many times we can squeeze a random word into uh, a fit pro podcast? I think Neil will be good at this. But, I don't know. you know, there we go. Anyway, anyway it's a segue. It's a segue, <laughs> um, which leads us like into this, what I call this karmic loop for fit pros. Around it's an imposter experience loop. An imposter experience loop because... Most fit pros, you know, you want to get into to helping people. Mm. But at the same point, you want to help people. Some people, some of you fit pros want to extract money from your business. Others, you just want to go and help people. And it's not about the money. So whatever camp you're in, it doesn't matter. But ultimately, you want to get clients. Mm. But you can't get clients if you don't feel like you could truly help them get a result. Yeah. yeah. And so there's this kind of like teeter-totter between getting clients and your confidence and imposter syndrome of planning. Yes. And that's why I want to segue the back half of this podcast is around planning, give you some simple approaches to planning, but also link that to getting clients and getting found. Yes. And I want to share with you the five-step loop, basically, of this imposter imposter experience loop. So if you were able to practice your planning, so this is being Trademarked parallel coaching. Yeah. Sorry. We have created the (laughs) five-step imposter experience loop. It sounds like a whole like scientific study. I like it. Completely. Um, There's no science behind this. It's been made up over a cup of coffee this morning <laughs> as we chatted through. And it, I it, like it. it. I think it's very um, pictorial of what we want to explain. It just allows a nice simple process. Imagine five steps in a circle. Yeah. And the arrows are all going in the direction from this first thing Haley says. Yeah, you can yeah. basically start anywhere. But let's start with practising planning. Now, by planning, I mean the fact that you're putting together a session plan or an eight-week plan or a 12-week plan for your clients. From a training point of view, it could be any other areas of lifestyle that you advise. But that practising of planning is number one. So the more that you practise your ability to plan and you have experience of writing those plans out, so that's experience... It moves on to number two. Now, number two is the results that you get. So you you basically deliver this session to your clients and they start getting results. And this creates self-attainment and whereby you have a self-proof. Oh, that worked. I can mm-hmm. do this. They have got bigger arms. They did lose fat. They have enjoyed the session. Can I interject? It's self-attainment. So the first one was practice planning. Mm-hmm. Let's give you some like real life ways of doing this. Okay. So one of the things I used to do and I still do do when I before I go in the classroom is I rehearse it mentally in my head. Maybe this is the perfectionist coming through. Mm. But I, I make up these I used to make up these um uh, fictitious characters of like Bob down the road who's it's BMI little case, studies, little, yeah. little case studies and I'd be like Bob down the road he's got BMI of 26 he wants to lose just a little bit of weight he enjoys cardio he doesn't currently train what would I do for on his first session and I'd literally just make like three or four notes mentally in my head I'd do x y and z cool and then whilst making another cup of tea the next day I'd make up another fictitious character so I was constantly like rehearsing or that's or practice. Practicing and reminding myself 
mm. of the skills I already have. Yeah. And that's what I meant earlier about this red light or green light. If you get that red light come on that says, I feel like an imposter, I feel like a phony. Have we rehearsed and practised the skills I already attained? Yes. Yes or no? Well, one problem here is that in your fictitious case study, Mm -hmm. you then don't get the proof that your plan worked. No. Which, if you have self-doubt that your plan would even work, can be a problem. Yeah. So actually, sometimes it's good to have share that with somebody. Get someone to look over the plan. Oh, 100%. So on your second step, that was my point, is is you don't necessarily, to get self-attainment, you don't have to go and get a client at this point. No. You could literally talk to your kids. You could talk to your partner, your husband, your wife, your mum, your dad, your your grandma, your granddad. You might look back through your notes and go, oh, it matches. You might have an accountability partner from your course. You might be in a, in a, you know, in our, send it to us. Send it to us. You might be in a, a parallel inner coaching Facebook group just to gain some, like, am I heading in the right direction or am I completely? Would this work? Would this work? And then if you get a yes, you're like, oh, thank God, I'm on the right. But here's track. the here's the problem. What if they get a no? And that's okay. You then go back and do a little bit more planning, and it builds up the self attainment afterwards when completely. you do get a yes. Yes, but the more you do step one of practice planning and try and find a result within that. And the results, I would say, could just come from consistently planning. Yeah. You don't even necessarily have to go and ask someone to get this self-attainment. No. You could have, let's just say on one post-it note, you just had three or four bits of or, or notes of ideas of how to plan for somebody. Mm-hmm. And across the week, you ended up with, let's just say, 20 post-it notes. Yeah. That's self-attainment because you've practiced, you've reminded yourself of the variables of a, of a session, the <coughs> sets, reps, timing, the warm-up structure, the session main structure, the cool-down structure. And suddenly your brain's gone, I can do this. And the result that you were looking for might have been the speed so that I can actually plan a warm-up really quickly. Yeah. And that result, oh, I well, managed to do it in a minute. Well, I do remember what a superset is. Yeah, exactly. I do. That's I, self-attainment. I, completely. I can come up with, you know, 10-plus leg exercises. I didn't think I knew this many. Whatever, yeah. whatever. Whatever it might be. So number one was the practice of the planning. Number two was then the results and the self-attainment. Now number three is the confidence. Yeah. And you get confidence whenever you have self-attainment. Because it basically is the idea of saying that you're able to continue doing something. So you're able to say, well, I've got that self-attainment. I've able to do this. I've got the result. And then as a result, your confidence is I can do that and get a result. I can make a plan and get a result. So this karmic loop really is I don't get clients because I'm not confident I could get a result. Yeah. And therefore I need to go and refine some of my knowledge and confidence in order to get a client. Yeah. But I can't necessarily get a client without practicing my planning. So you can see how this is like a, a karmic loop, a, a circle that goes round. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Exactly. Yeah, and definitely. And with confidence, it's about the ability to do something very specific and be able to do it. So if I said to you, how confident are you you could parallel park your car in that particular space? Yeah. It's a confidence is your ability to do that. It's not could you parallel park um, a bus in that same space? Well, no, that's the same. Because that's a different experience of confidence. Okay, it okay, that makes sense. It has to be a very specific thing. So it's your car in that specific yeah. space. But it also could be broad, uh, less broad than that or more broad than that. I'm not sure which way around it would be. <laughs> It'd be, could you park the car? Yes. Well, and if well, it's global... If then... it's too global, do you want me to parallel park, reverse park? Do you want me to pull in? Do you want me to just park on the side here? Mm. Do you want me to park on a single yellow? Do you want me to park in a next to a payment meter? Do you want me to park away from a car? Do you, want yeah. me, do you know what I mean? It becomes too global. So when you're going to go and put this 
practice together and get your self-attainment and boost your confidence. It's got to be about a specific thing. So you could say, well, today I'm going to practice my planning of supersets or this week I'm going to practice my planning of supersets. Now you've got this clear self-attainment, right? Understand how a superset and the benefits behind a superset, how it introduces a superset, how a superset works, the various approaches to supersetting. Yeah. Now I could go and practice that on myself and gain even more confidence and yeah. I could feel the effects and the benefits of supersetting or I now feel confident I could go and get a client and I could deploy supersets to them. Yeah. But it was for specific, the specificity of could you park the car parallel here in this bay, bay number three, next to the red car and the yellow car. Yeah. Now, oh, that's what you're asking my brain to do. And if you're too global, you will never feel confident because you're basically saying, can you conquer the world? Yes. <laughs> it's too much. Maybe. And if you're a perfectionist, that's a big task. It is. Yes. <laughs> so chunking it into a very specific task. I will go really after cool. the Milky Way as well whilst I'm here. Yeah. And it's the, <laughs> the only galaxy, way to... not the, not the oh, chocolate. chocolate. And galaxy, oh, that's, that's another chocolate. chocolate. And Mars is in there as well. Yeah. That's also chocolate. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's about <laughs> confidence is a specific thing. Hayley has a chocolate addiction, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I do. Um, and you will too if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> uh, so confidence is this specific thing. So you've practiced in number one. Then you've got results and self-attainment in number two. Then number three was the confidence. Now this is where it starts to transition. So if you now have confidence that you can get a result with a client and deploy supersets, yeah. for example, for in example. your example... Then my number four is going to be, I feel confident to scream it from the rooftops and to go and market to clients to yes, say, perfect. I can get a result with a superset <laughs> in that specific Because actually example. inside our Fit, Fit Pro 31 program, which by the way is changing names mm-hmm. um, with the new website, but Fit Pro 31 is an on- online coaching program. There's a number of video tutorials in there. But, but one of the big questions we've got is how do I get more clients? Mm. And yet on a weekly basis on the Q&A, all of the questions are about planning. Mm. And so there's this like teeter-totter inverse relationship behind the more planning I do, the more clients I get. Yeah. The less confident or imposter syndrome, or the more imposter syndrome I have over planning, the less clients I have. Mm. And they have a, an inverse relationship. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. So you, this will become a spiral in a moment. Mm. We can go up and we can go down. Um, so once we're able to market clients, step number five is you can then get clients. Yep. And if you've got clients on your books, this leads back to step number one, where you're practicing your planning. And suddenly it becomes a self-fulfilling upward spiral whereby it all started with that. I'm just going to practice planning on post-it notes and then I'm going to go and practice it on myself. And now I feel more confident and I might go back to my post-it notes and practice again. Yeah. And you might have those first few narrow spirals all about you and your close friends or family or, or few clients you might have. And then now you get more that confidence to go and get more clients. And now the more clients you get, the more you have to practice planning. Then you practice planning. You go, well, I'm good at this. I'm getting client results now. And now you go and get more clients because you've got testimonials. Yeah. And then those testimonials get you more clients. And more confidence. And more confidence because you can pull it off. You can scream it from and the now rooftops. You, and so now you're... It's that upward spiral, does that make yeah, sense? But it exactly. has to start at this point of just going, I'm just going to practice. I'm just going to practice and that's okay. Yeah, and also if you if you don't start, let's just say you have no clients right now. Maybe you're training, maybe you're a new fresh qualifier, you're not, you're, and you've not got any clients and you're not practicing, 
you can see how this goes downwards. So the, the now, opposite spiral. Yeah, yeah. So now we go, well, I don't have any clients. I'm not practicing my planning. I'm not having any results that prove that I'm good at planning. My confidence goes down. I don't market to clients because I don't believe I could get a result. I have less clients. And then we continue the downward spiral of this confidence, imposter And that's what I like about the teeter-totter because you can ne- the teeter-totter is never going to be equally weighted no be like energy balance mm. do you know what i mean even if you're really close to that pivot point in the middle you're still going to have a slight bias of weight towards either moving backwards or moving forwards ah, so you're either moving up the spiral or down the spiral. down the spiral yeah completely yeah. And, and and it all comes back to what we said at the beginning it's practice practice practice. practice and it's the only one that you have the control over to practice in beautiful i love that it's the it has to be the starting point because you I can't, can't just go i'll miraculously have clients because if you don't feel confident you won't do any plans. i can't i can't control the outcome of confidence mm. i can't control the outcome of whether i'm going to retain knowledge i mm. can't control whether i'm going to get clients or keep clients but what i can control is if i practice today that's okay and through practicing you 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 don't need to necessarily reach that perfectionist because you go oh i still don't understand supersets cool next session back to supersets next session back to, to supersets next, you've got to build it up slowly slowly so New segue, you ready? How do we build all this practice up? Very simple. We're going to give you an analogy of a sandwich. Love a sandwich. And I just imagine your favorite sandwich. Um, I'm going to go with uh, some nice brown, thick, uh, self cut bread. Okay, nice. Yeah, Mm. Haley's with me now. Mm. A light, a light spread of, 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 not melted butter, but like easy spreadable butter. Yeah, spreadable butter. Okay. And then I'm just going to go with a nice layer of cheese and a nice layer of Ham. Oh, nice. And then that's it. I'm just going to keep it simple. So a, you've got a nice, simple ham and cheese sandwich. Ham and cheese sandwich. Wicked. Okay, let's stick with your sandwich rather than complicating things with all the stuff. We I've will got add more to the sandwich in a minute. But hear me out, ready? So your two slices of bread. This is related to planning. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, you're you're all dreaming about sandwiches. You're out walking. You're like, hmm, BLT. Hmm, I'm going to go for Plowman's. Let us know what your favourite sandwich is anyway. (laughs) We are relating this to planning. Green cranberry. So we can all agree that a... (laughs) We can all agree that a a session would have a a warm-up, a main and a cool-down. So I want you to imagine that the first bit of bread you put on on your worktop when you make your sandwich is your warm-up. Hey, you need it. And you need it. And bread is always, well, in the grand scheme of things, always square. Mm -hmm. Okay? We can argue about the shape of bread, but let's just say for the vast majority it's square. So it's a generic shape. Mm -hmm. We know that it's a generic thickness. We know it's made with generic ingredients. Yeah. Okay, flour, eggs, water. But you could have brown bread, white bread. You could have different variations within it, but it's still a slice of bread. It's still a slice of bread. And so there's somewhat of a generic structure to that bread. Mm. It was all cooked at a very similar high temperature for a long period of time. It had had to, you know... Some clients might need a gluten-free bit of slice. Other clients might want more seeds in it. But it was generic nature to the bread. Nice. Now... The ham and cheese, or your filling, is your main workout. Nice. Okay, but I want you to see the cheese as cardio and the ham as resistance. Oh, nice. Okay, now, depending on your client's goals, they need more res- resistance or more CV. Yeah, okay? and so we've done they... about the order of this on a different podcast. On a different podcast. So this is where your biases come in. 
do they need more cheese or more ham? Oh, this is good. Okay. And then on top of that would be your final slice of bread, which would be your cool down. And we know that bread is somewhat generic. It has generic ingredients of a generic shape of a generic fitness at generic high temperatures to cook. Yeah. And it and in the grand scheme of things, it is bread and they most bread all taste the same. It's generic. Mm. So you have a generic cool down. Nice. Okay. So now we've got our generic uh, ham, and ham, cheese ham and cheese sandwich which is our somewhat generic session now don't get me wrong i'm not saying every client's going to have the same thing okay they're going to have the same exact session because we know that that wouldn't work mm. however i can now go away and practice well what would a generic 10 minute warm-up be what would my first slice of bread look like and feel like how would i introduce this session where would i stand what would i say um Practice getting eye contact with somebody. Practice projecting your voice. This could be at home whilst everyone's out and you're going to talk through your introduction to your warm-up with your cat. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's practice, you remember. You have your generic structure in there of the mobility, the types of activation exercises you use, the raising pulse that you do, the types of stretches that you do. Completely. And these become generic. Generic. <laughs> All in that warm-up And now we bread. know that bread can be of different structures. We can have a gluten-free bread. We could have a... A sourdough. A sourdough bread. We could have a different shape bread. And this is where the principles of training of individuality and specificity come into mm. it. So a client might come along with... I don't know, tight hip flexors. And so now you might put more um, preparatory hip flexor stretch, hip mobility mobility work into your warm-up. So this is where your generic uh, victitious characters come in. Bob down the road, he's got really tight hips. What would I do in his warm-up? See, it was a specific task, just like parking the car parallel in the bay. Yeah, it's still a loaf of bread, but he needs to make sure that he's got his individual specificity Completely. in it. And also you might have to, like, let's just say you've got somebody with arthritis that affects their hands. Well, I wouldn't normally warm up the hands and the wrists for my generic warm up, but I want to make sure I've maybe got some mobility in that area for them. But across the board, this first slice of bread has generic Mm. features such as all my warm-ups are going to be 8 to 10 minutes long. Lovely. There you go. They're all going to have some kind of mobility, activation, raise pulse and some kind of preparatory stretching or preparedness for the session. Yeah, they all get them psychologically and physically And I'm going to practice for, I don't know, let's just say the next week of my session, just my warm-up, this first slice of bread. Now, I would go straight to the other slice of bread whilst you've got this self-attainment and whilst you've got the butter out, whilst you're feeling good and confident, go and do your generic cool down. Just like the the slice of bread for your warm-up, well, what does a cool down have? Well, it has a pulse lowering, it has some kind of developmental, some kind of uh, further stretching. So that could be PNF stretching, for example, if you're PT. Um, It's going to have some kind of close to the session, some kind of wrap up, some kind of uh, gaining feedback from your client and some kind of, you know, self-evaluative process. Again, it's going to be a a five to 10 minute cool down, probably closer to eight to 10 minutes, but this is generic in nature. You can now practice what that might look like, what it might sound like. If you work in a local gym, where would you go in that local gym to do this cool down? What is your, what specific mat are you going to go to? What specific um, upright bike or rower are you going to use? So it's got this generic format. So that when you get to that point of practicing with yourself or practicing with a client, it's not new to your brain. Mm. Your brain's already rehearsed and stepped through it, marked through the process of what's it going to look like? What is it going to sound like? How it might feel? So that when you get to actually 
in real life, this is nothing new for you. And so often, fit pros overcomplicate something. So they go, well, like, every session has to be massively different to the other one. Every session has to be hugely different. And actually, everything we do in life has a routine to it. Yep. You always wear a t-shirt and trousers. Nice. You always wear a different... Like, a sandwich always has two slices of bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you always brush your teeth in the morning. Like there's Well, routine. hopefully you do. Well, as an example, <laughs> you might not put bread on your sandwich. <laughs> and that's true. Um, it wouldn't be a sandwich then. It would no. be a roll. <laughs> but I'm hoping you'll brush your teeth. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so you have these specific things that we always do and actually holding on to that structure and saying, well, generic is okay as my foundation is actually really important. And it gives you the simplicity to be able to practice. It gives you the starting point to be able to build up self-attainment and build your confidence. That's the point. Later, you can add all the spices and all the different sources and the fillings and stuff that you might need that are relevant to the client. But you need something in order to adapt and i often come across this when i'm doing exercise referral marking and looking at planning exercise referrals clients with long-term conditions and instead of people starting with a generic plan and making an adaptation to the things that the client can't do so hypertension can't go overhead can't do isometric whatever as a, yeah as an example instead of them starting generic and then making the adaptation to the things that they can or can't do they end up getting themselves in a bit of a pickle and they go upside down because they're trying to make it overly complicated and they lose all the foundations they've ever learned about mm, the warm-up, the perfect. main and the cool-down. And it becomes this this thing that isn't an effective workout because it loses the principles of training. Perfect. Yeah. And so you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yeah. You know, the, the, the kid ride, you know, learning to ride the bike down the road, he didn't go out and get his downhill mountain bike and go down the toughest trails in yeah. the woods, did he? He, he put his stabilizers on on the most basic bike and just learned to go down on his patio in his back garden. Mm. You've got to start somewhere. Perfect. And that starting somewhere is practice, practice, practice. And through practice, you build up your confidence, you know, your knowledge. Perfect. Let's get to the spicy filling here of yeah. just the basic ham and cheese. Yeah. So let's just say that you've got... more cheese, please. Okay. So you want to do more cardio. Yeah. Okay. That's you've got a cardio-based goal then. But let's say your client's got a 50-minute session. You could even say all my sessions are going to be a generic 50 minutes. Mm. You could say all my clients turn up having done their generic warm-up on their own mm. and we go straight into the main to get more bang for our buck. Mm. These are some rules you're going to set yourself. And I suppose what Hayley was saying a minute ago is for more... Um, I suppose, rules and generic rules you set. You structure. actually structure, that's a better word, instead of rules. And you give yourself freedom. Mm. You actually give yourself more freedom because you're like, this sits with inside the rule, yes. And it actually adheres to my perfectionism. Mm. <laughs> nice, yeah. I like it. Brilliant. But anyway, let's say that the client's going to do a 50-minute session. You can do a 10-minute warm-up, which is your first slice of bread. You can do a 10-minute cool-down, which is your second slice of bread. That's 20 minutes. You're now left with a 30-minute main. Mm. Okay, so let's say they're going to train with you twice a week or once a week. We know it's going to be a whole body approach. So they've got 30 minutes to do an element of cardio, cheese, an element of resistance, um, ham. Or perhaps they're going to do a session on their own during the week, in which case... Which just a ham sandwich. It could just be a ham ham sandwich because that's they're actually the cheese on their own, they're going to do the cheese on their own. Where do you need to be? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Do you need to be... With them on the higher risk moves, such as some of the resistance, or do they need you for the motivation and the guidance and the intensity checks on the cheese cardio session? Mm. So, you know, these are all your practices of like, well, today I'm going to practice for Bob up the road, who's going to do a cheese sandwich session. Yeah. Okay. And you just note take 
on a post-it note and rehearse it and go through it. And you might have a really nice generic over... Like, for anyone that wants to do a whole body session, I've got a nice generic. I know that I've got a push and a pull. I know I've also got maybe like a shoulder press and a like pull-down type motion. I've also got a couple on legs. And you go, that's my whole body. I've covered all the main bits. Yeah. And then... You get to a different client, you're like, oh, they want a little bit more glutes in there or they need to activate their glutes a bit more. That's like adding an extra sauce, isn't it? It's like saying, I have some mayonnaise in there as well. Yeah, I'm going to have ham cheese and a little bit of mayonnaise I'd because like they've black turned up too. with a, speci- some abs yeah, in. a specific goal of targeting the abs or targeting the mm. glutes. Can I have some tomato in there? I'll do a li- an extra bit mm. on this particular area. So you can, you can have the individuality alongside the generic template. But what we don't need to do is beat ourselves up. I've gone, okay, so I'm going to do a whole body approach. I'm going to start off on a leg press. Let's not judge the leg press for being boring or judge Mm. the leg press for being the only one you perhaps know right now. It is what it is. So you're what I'm going to do. You don't judge it for being a ham sandwich. You don't judge it for being a ham sandwich or a cheese sandwich or a ham and cheese sandwich with mayonnaise. We Mm. just go, that's what I fancy. That's Mm. what I'm going to do. And it does the job very well. It gets results. It gets results. It fills me up. It satiates me. It tastes nice. And and, I had the stuff in the fridge. And I had the stuff in the fridge. (laughs) Exactly. The the gym was there. It had a leg press. I want to work legs. It works my quads, my hamstrings, my glutes. It was easy to use. I know how to use it. Boom, I'm doing my leg press. There we go. That was perfectly explained. Yeah. And so you've got this. What I really encourage you to do, if you do feel a level of kind of imposter syndrome of like feeling a fraud or not knowing enough around your planning, um, I I really want you to consider just practicing and making up uh, fictitious characters or people you know, and it could even be yourself. Just practice, practice, practice the sandwich approach of a generic warm-up, a generic main cheese, a generic main ham, add some spices, add some pepper, add some salt, add some lettuce, add, add a different some ingredient. Sauce. You might go, I don't want ham and cheese today. I want a nice BLT. In which case, what does the bacon look like? That could represent stretching, for example. What are you changing? Yeah, the lettuce could represent uh, something else. What, yeah. you know, what are you changing? But you've got this analogy now and say, right, what am I going to do? And I'm going to practice it and I'm going to go and have a go at this and I'm going to mark through it. Where would I stand? What would I say? Um, how, you know, do I need to say all of this? Do I need to keep give these key teaching points? Am I going to be standing up, kneeling down? Am I going to be down on the floor with them whilst they're lying down as well? Well, not planning for that stuff. A lot of people don't plan for how they're actually going to deliver to, to the coach session. The session. And actually, if you plan to deliver it well, and you can almost mentally rehearse parts you've, of you've that, you've already been, you've already gone through the session. Practice that's of practice of having delivered it, and now yeah. you're doing the imposter experience loop, but instead of for planning, but for delivery. Imagine if you imagine right <laughs> now if you practice. Let's just say one person a day. Okay, by the end of a month, that's 30, 30 practice goes mm. of, of a session mm. effectively you've just trained 30 people in mm. your head yeah. your brain doesn't know the difference between uh, reality and visualizing vi- uh, so fiction and non-fiction mm. <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean whether it's real or not yeah so your brain going is going well we've trained 30 people here this month yeah okay so great. although they're not real clients you've trained 30 people so you could get to your very first client and they could say how many clients have you trained you could legitimately turn around and go 30 people because you've trained them in your head. Yeah, nice. Because your brain doesn't know the difference between whether... Because it went your way. It boosted your knowledge and it boosted your confidence. And the planning allowed you to get results, allowed you to increase your confidence, Boom. allowed you to market to clients, get clients, and then plan more. Love it. 
I really want to know what your big takeaway mm. is. Like, and whether this has helped you start to think about your imposter syndrome. Yes, of getting planning. of getting going and practicing and planning. And we'd really like to know. There's been so many analogies. We've had the traffic light system. We've had the karmic loop cycle. We had your what was the five step imposter, imposter experience, imposter loop. experience loop. We had the sandwich. The sandwich. The park in the car. Also. Love it. Let us know. All of the links are below to our Facebook group, Inner Circle Parallel Coaching. Come and jump in. If you're not in there, there's fit, you know, over 2,000 fit pros, uh, all thinking, feeling the same. Uh, it's, that, it's probably... It's a really nice supportive group. I'm going to say this, but it is the most supporting group I've been in on Facebook. Yeah. There's, I can't think of any bickering or any anything like that. They just... Every, somebody puts a question in and they all... Everyone jumps on it and just gives their two pence of confidence and happiness towards and support. it and support it's nice. i like it it is really cool and Else. then also you'll be able to drop us a message i'll pop a link um so that you can reply and leave us a nice little message and that five star review i know yeah. i say it every time but if you've enjoyed it and we've brought some value to your ears <laughs> <laughs> then i'd love that five star review in itunes in spotify you can also leave a review you can leave five stars only no one wants a one, two, three or four star. <laughs> Just saying. But no, it, it honestly, it really does help. And it, it's really appreciated. So if you have left a review, we thank you. Lovely. And we will see you next time when we On dive Wednesday. into more Fit Pro Sessions. See you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity and coach clients with confidence. We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work and that with the right structure, support and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So how do you learn, qualify and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching.